You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. It was a time that, that everyone was excited and happy that he was here. Uh, as those of you with new babies know, people randomly come over to your house unannounced many times, even though they're not invited or you don't even want them there, they show up. And, and I found all these people were so happy that Noah was here. But I found myself not happy that he was here. And I was struggling with that. I was wondering why, why I've waited this whole time to hold my son. I've waited this whole time to bring my son home from the hospital. And now I'm not excited that he's here. In fact, in one heartbreaking conversation that I remembered vividly, my wife asked me, are you even happy he's here? And I answered, no. And it was difficult. You know why it was difficult? Because I was struggling with depression. I had allowed myself to get overworked. I had allowed myself, I was pouring into my family. My wife had gone through bed rest leading up to the birth of Noah. Noah was a very involved birth, and so I was there. You know, it was my first time to have a child, so I waited on Crystal hand and foot because I'm an awesome husband. I still do now. Yeah. And because uh, I'm an awesome husband. Right. And, uh, but here's the thing I didn't take care of myself. I'd worn myself out. And now that my son was here, everyone was so happy he was here. And I found myself depressed. I didn't know what to do. I felt guilty. I felt alone. And I felt, how could, how could God love me when I'm not even excited for the gift that he gave me? But that's what depression is. Depression is a lie from the devil that tells us something that we're not. And so today, if you have your Bibles, grab them, we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 19. Did you know that the Bible actually talks about depression? I think many times we just kind of shove depression under the, the, and the problem with depression is we kind of just shove it under the rug and like, oh, you'll get better, just cheer up and you'll be okay. The problem is that's not how it works. You have to attack depression where it is. You have to attack what's coming against you. And prayer, and I want you guys to know up front, I'm not anti-depression medication. Just know that up front. I'm not anti that. In fact, I myself from time to time have taken some things to, to level me out. But what I am saying is with God's help, he can take anything out of our lives. The God that brought men back to life can make depression flee from our lives. So today we're in 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to be starting in verse 1. We're talking about Elijah. Elijah was one of the greatest prophets there was in the Old Testament. And he found himself, he had just done what the Lord has asked him to do. And he found himself in a tough situation. Let's read in verse 1. Ahab told Jezebel, All that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. 
Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me more also. If it, if I do not make your life as the life of, the, of them by this time tomorrow. What she's saying is he killed all those, the prophets of the false god. He's saying, she's saying, may I kill you like you did these prophets. Verse three, then he was afraid and he rose and he ran for his life and he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a, a broom tree. And he asked himself that he might die, saying, it's, Is it not enough now? O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. What he's saying is, God, I'm worthless to you. Please kill me. That sounds like depression to me. He's saying to God, please take my life. I'm no better than anyone else. And so today I'm going to kind of give you two messages for the price of one. You didn't pay for the extra, but I'm going to give you the extra today. Okay. The first message or the first message is a little bit funny. Um, And so what I'm going to say to you first is I'm going to give you the first uh, how to get depressed in four easy steps. So here's how to get depressed. If you're looking to get depressed in four easy steps, you ready? Number one, wear yourself out. Okay. That's where I was with Noah. I, it was, we, Crystal and I were on staff at a church. I was in the midst of my master's degree, working on my master's degree. I was taking care of my wife who had been put on bed rest. And in fact, if you look in my hair, I have a bald spot. Uh, I had stress-induced alopecia and my hair actually fell out. I was so stressed. The doctor said it would come back and he lied. Um, (laughs) It's still there. So, you know. Crystal does a good job of covering it up uh, and tells me, it's okay, your hair's not falling out. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, and so I truly believe that I had what I will term, and I'm not a doctor, I had situational depression. I had worn myself out to the point to where I had nothing left. I was depressed. And so one of the easiest ways to get depressed is to not take care of yourself. Number two, The second easy step is to shut people out. You saw that Elijah did that. He went away and then he went out into the wilderness away from everyone else. The easiest way to get depressed is to get away from people. People that are depressed say things like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to leave the house. I don't want to do this. I don't have energy to do this. I don't have energy to do that. People that are depressed want to stay at home and stay in bed. Number three. Focus on the negative. Now, some of you have no trouble with this to begin with. You're just negative people. It's okay. Some of you, to think negatively is is bad. There's a lot of positive people out there. But here's the thing. When we allow negative speech to rule us, depression comes very quickly. Because you saw with Elijah, he thought of him. He went from being a great prophet who did exactly what the Lord asked him to do. Now he said, I'm no better than my father's. And number, f- number four, we forget God. We forget that God is on our side. We forget that God fights for us. So today what I want to talk about is God's prescription for our depression. So if I had to write you a prescription as your pastor today 
to get you out of depression, uh, you can use these four easy steps. So today is God's prescription for depression. Point number one, God says eat and rest. God says eat and rest. Let's keep reading in 2 Kings 19 verse 7. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and he ate and drank and went in, uh, and went in strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. What God was saying to him is take care of yourself. You have to take care of yourself. One thing that I tell all of our staff members is that you have to care for yourself because no one else will. People are concerned about themselves first and foremost. That's just the way we're created. It's not wrong. It's just how we are. So the only person that's going to take care of you is you. In fact, there's many times that Crystal and I will just leap town for the fun of it. There's nothing more fun for us than going somewhere away from here overnight. And you're like, why? Why is that? Because when we leave the city limits, a little bit of weight lifts off our shoulder. When we leave the county, a little bit more weight lifts off our shoulders. When we leave the state, a little bit more weight comes off our shoulders. And when we leave the country, praise Jesus, (laughs) it all comes off our shoulders. That's why Crystal loves cruises. You saw because you can't contact us. You can't call us. We're in the middle of the ocean and no one can call us or hear us. And it's wonderful. (laughs) I'm making a joke. We love you guys. We love to be here. But there's times that we have to go away as a family because we got to refresh. Because as your pastors, it is very difficult. And if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't disappear on occasion, we will not survive as your pastors for very long. A Pastor is one of the most burned out positions there is. I I read a stat the other day. I think it was, now don't check me on this, but I think it was 70 to 80% of pastors don't make it to retirement. Why is that? Because pastors quit. Like I see it time and time again. I see guys that were great pastors that just get another job and do something else. Why? Because it's super stressful. But you've got to take care of yourself. And so what I'm telling you today is you have to make self-care a priority because no one will take care of you like you do. So you have to make it a priority to care for yourself. You have to eat right. I know that in Texas we think gravy should be a food group. Amen, right? But, But did you know that there's a reason God tells you to eat lean protein, and fruits and vegetables. You know why? It gives you energy. It gives you sustenance. It takes care of you. Praise Jesus, right, Gio? Yeah, okay. You can't eat pizza at every meal and expect to be healthy. I mean, I wish, because I love pizza. Chris made, Chris made me pizza yesterday, and oh, it was good, baby. You coming over to my house tonight for the Cowboys game to make some pizza? It'll be good. <laughs> yeah. So I did not eat pizza, Gio. You you heard nothing. Um, (laughs) I did cardio to make up for it, okay? (laughs) But do you know that you actually have to sleep? Do you know that the doctor recommends eight hours of sleep? But for us, do you know that, that sleep actually varies from person to person? 
I can, I can function on six hours of sleep. If I get six hours of sleep, I'm good. My wife needs 15 hours. <laughs> you laugh, but I'm being serious. Like, like that girl, if she gets still, she'll fall asleep. I'm like, you just woke up. So? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, like, hey, you live over there? <laughs> she loves to sleep. Hey, I'm, I'm glad she gets to sleep. More so when she's pregnant. She, I'll just look up. She may even fall asleep during the sermon. You never know. So let's go to the second point. The second prescription that I have for you today for to get out of depression is God replaces our lies with his truth. God replaces our lies with his truth. First Kings 19, 9 through 10. There he came to the cave and, and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing, Elijah? And he said, I've been, very, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, and even I only, I am left, and I seek my life to take it away. Guys, what you have to understand, Elijah is being very hard on himself here, but we cannot believe the lies of the devil. Satan is a very loud voice, and he likes to tell you how awful you are. Would you believe that Satan tells me all the time how inadequate I am to be your pastor? Is There's not a day that goes by that I don't have insecurities about standing before you and leading this church. According to Satan, we should not have built that building. According to Satan, the church is not growing. But he's wrong. And we need to not listen to his voice. Because when we listen to God's voice, God tells us how amazing you are. Did you know God created you to look the way that you look? God created you to be the weight that you are now. God created you to have the nose, to have the ears, to have the eyes that you have. And he thinks you are fearfully and wonderfully made. When you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't like what you see, you are insulting the creator of the universe because he created you just the way that you are. So stop insulting God. He thinks you're great. And in fact, he thinks there's nothing that you can't do. You know that the Bible talks about God as our heavenly father. You know what I find about parents? It's funny. Most parents think there's nothing that their kids can't do. Amen? If you don't believe me, go to a t-ball game. Even the worst kid on the field's parents going, Woo! Yeah! Like, your kid's awful. Take up something else, man. I coached soccer for a little while. And even the worst player on my team, the mom was like, He's just, he's doing so good. I'm like, no, he's not, but that's great. (laughs) You're so supportive, mom. (laughs) But isn't that cool? Moms and dads can look at their son and see no wrong. So consider what your heavenly father sees in you. He doesn't see wrong. He sees what you can become. He even tells you, ask me to move the mountains and I will. And we're sitting here telling ourselves how awful we are. You know, one thing I have to listen to a lot is, aren't you too young to be a pastor? Now, for those of you sitting here, I know some of you are wondering how old I actually am. I'm 33 years old. Now, some of you thought I was younger. Some of you thought I was older, but I'm 33. I am what I am. 
But oftentimes I get snide remarks from people about, aren't you too young to be a pastor? In fact, I was at a bank. Now, we don't use this bank anymore, but not for this reason. Uh, (laughs) I would have liked to that day. But the lady, she was, and she wasn't that, I mean, she was, I'd say she was early 40s, mid 40s. I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't that up in years. And, and she just said, oh, I bet, I bet your church loves to have a, a young pastor with your youth. I bet the youth just love it. It's like almost pat me on the head. I'm like, lady, why are you talking? Like, I, I think I came back and told Teresa, I almost hit a lady in the bank today. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? I'm sitting there going, just stop talking. Why are you talking to me about this? But, and, and all the time I'll go in conversations like, they're like, oh, you're a pastor? So youth pastor? And I'm like, no, senior pastor? <laughs> oh, senior pastor. Yeah, like I'm a real pastor. <laughs> but here's the thing. I could let that bother me. I could because I hear it all the time. My wife can tell you. But you know what? I know God has placed me exactly where I'm called to be. And you know, some of the greatest leaders in the Bible were young. David conquered Goliath in his teenage years. And so I'm here to tell you, young people, I know there's some of you in here. If God's called you to be a pastor, doesn't matter if you're 16, 14, 15, he's called you to be a pastor. So you better do it. And quit using your, your, your age as an excuse because it's not. Because God can accomplish anything through you regardless of your age. Same for you older folks. doesn't matter how old you are. God is not done with you. I talk to Teresa all the time. She says, I'm too old to be a pastor. I said, no, you're not. You are just where God wants you to be. So y'all encourage Teresa today. She's not too old. Yeah. So here's your quotable moment for today. Do not let the the devil define what the Lord has created. Do not let the devil define what the Lord has created. Because God thinks you're amazing. God thinks you're great. Share this all over Facebook because people need to hear it. The third prescription that we have for depression is God speaks in a still, small voice. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12 says... And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord and behold, the Lord passes by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. God was in the whisper. Now, here's the thing. You are inundated with all of these voices, but you've got to stop and listen for the whisper. Satan is loud. He loves to hit you right in the head with how awful you are. But God is whispering to you how much he truly cares about you. You know, sometimes if you want to hear God's voice, you have to stop talking. You know, sometimes you have to stop going, dear Jesus, bless this person. Would you please heal my sick grandma? Would you please do this? And you just have to stop and listen. You know, God speaks to me in the weirdest places. He'll speak to me when I'm driving. Some of the greatest 
things that have ever happened here at Hope Church have come to me in the shower, in the bathroom. Some of the greatest sermons you've ever heard came from the bathroom. You didn't know it. (laughs) Grant knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) But here's the thing. You have to stop and hear him. He's talking to you. If you'll get the earthquake out, if you'll get the fire out, if if you'll stop the sound and just listen, he's talking to you. You know, sometimes I'll just get in here in the sanctuary and I'll play a, some low worship music and I'll just walk around and, and just wait till he talks to me because he will. And God wants to tell you that he's proud of you. He wants to tell you, man, there's so much that you, to, you can accomplish if you'll just believe in yourself as much as I believe in you. Guys, I think the simplest Cure for depression is if we truly understood how God sees us. He sees us as a mighty warrior that can do anything. There's nothing that your God doesn't think that you can't accomplish. And guys, if we had a church full of people that understood how God views them, we'd have that mighty army that we were singing about. Because there's nothing that would be able to stop us. So, if you want to hear God's voice, stop talking and stop listening to all the noise. My fourth prescription, God gives us something to do. God gives us something to do. 1 Kings 19, 15 through 16. And the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint uh, Hazel to be king over Syria And and Jehu, the son of, and and basically he goes on and on. I'm not going to embarrass myself and read all those names, but he tells him to anoint this person and this person and this person. And you can see the names. They're hard. Okay. But God was telling Elijah, go get to work. Guys, what we have to understand, you guys, we were created to work. We were created to do things. We were created to be a part of God's plan. We were not created to be spectators. You were not created to be spectators in the growth of God's kingdom. You were created to be a part of the growth of God's kingdom. And guys, even on vacation, I can't sit still. Like Crystal loves the beach. She loves the beach. She loves to, she loves to go out on the sand, lay out all the towels, lay out on the, the sand. I usually read a book. She usually goes to sleep. See the point earlier. And I'll sit there. I'll sit there for about five minutes and I'll go, all right, what are we going to do? She's like, we're doing it. (laughs) No, we're not. (laughs) Like, in fact, many times on the cruise ship, I'm like, you can sit here and look at the ocean. I'm going to go do something else. Okay. (laughs) But that's the thing. And I'm not saying that's, all, that's not all right. Yes, we should all stop and smell the roses, stop and, and lay on the beach. But what I'm saying to you is this. God didn't create us to take. He created us to give. Jesus, you see with his life, he gave everything. And so our lives are supposed to be modeled after his model. And if we model our lives after his model, we are called to give everything. And so, guys, the greatest way for you to get out of the funk that's in your life 
is to go and serve other people. Because when you see that what you're doing with your life is affecting and changing other people's lives, it's hard to be depressed. Because when I get down, when I get down as your pastor, my wife will often remind me of people. She'll remind me of names of people that have been changed by Hope Church, been changed by what we're doing here. You know what? That encourages me. And so, guys, if you find yourself in a place where you don't want to do anything, that's the worst place to be. You need to be out there getting your hands dirty, serving God's kingdom. Because if we don't, then we're just going to watch it go by. And so you saw this on, the, on Facebook. Justin accidentally posted it. It says, we were not created to receive. We were created to give. Text him, Justin, don't give away all the good stuff. It's all right. It was good. It was good. But that's what you have to understand. If we get to a point to where all we do is take, that leads us to a point of depression. We have to get out there and give. We have to get out there and serve. We have to get out there and make a difference. Because if we don't see that our life is making a difference, it's really easy to get down on ourselves. So what does this mean for us? I'm trying not to sneeze. So if you hear me sniffling, ah, don't sneeze, okay? What does this mean for us? I got three questions for you. The first question is this. What voices do you listen to? What voices do you listen to? Because today you need to listen to that whisper. Don't listen to... The world. Don't listen to what the, the world tells you you need to be. Don't listen to what the world that you need to have two, 2.5 kids and a picket fence. The world tells me I need to have two kids and I say, let's have four, right? <laughs> Which that's not what I wanted, but you know, it's okay. God's plan is perfect. Amen? Amen. All right. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. If we listen to all the voices telling us It's very easy to get depressed. I mean, look at the world around us. There's a hurricane this week, you know. There's people that died because of weather. It's very easy. I mean, the political climate of our world, everybody's fussing and fighting and arguing all the time. It's really easy to be depressed. So if we don't stop and listen to the whisper, if we don't stop and listen to God and listen to how awesome he thinks that we are, very easy to get depressed. Number two, do you believe that God loves you and has a plan for your life? I think depression sometimes goes back to our view of God. Sometimes we think of God as this this evil evil man up, up in the sky with a magnifying glass waiting to burn us as soon as we do something wrong, but that's not the case. God loves us. He is a loving father that wants the best for us and he has a plan guys if you truly understood the plans that god had for you it would scare you to death why because you would say there's no way i can do that a year ago if you'd have told me well the church is going to build a half million dollar building uh and they're they're going to be doing just fine after it i would have said you're crazy because I didn't have, I didn't think that we could do it. But God said, go do it. 
And we listened, and thankfully, he did it. But if we sit back and listen to our plans, we're never going to accomplish anything. So guys, understand that God sees you as a mighty warrior that's here to help fight the battle and advance God's kingdom here on this earth. God wants to use you to change people's lives. God wants to use you to save people. God wants to use you to pray over people so that they'll be healed. God wants to use you to speak life into all those people around you. Did you know that you are called to be a minister? God calls us all to minister. We are all pastors. We are, all call, are called to take the gospel to all the nations. It's not just my calling. I'm just, I'm just the head guy of all the ministers. We're called to take it out to the nations. And the third question for you as Pastor Mo comes back. Do you need to be set free? Do you need to be set free today? Now, I love, I love this, this picture here. Uh, Mary Lewis did it. Good job, Mary. She wasn't in the first service, so I couldn't give her kudos. There's chains here. Okay? And some kid messed with them, so they're all messed up. But it's okay. We have a lot of kids here. Here's the thing. Our chains get wrapped up in us. We get wrapped up in our chains. And we get so focused on the chains. We focus on these chains. How can I get out of here? What am I going to do? But here's what God wants us to do. He wants to take those chains and he wants us to lay them at the foot of the cross. Because that's where the chains belong. Jesus went to the cross. He gave his life for you so that everything that's holding you down can be placed at the foot of the cross. So guys, I'm here to tell you today. If you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with anything, I want you to leave this place placing it at the foot of the cross. Because Jesus went to the cross for each and every one of you so that nothing could hold you back. No chain can hold you back. Why? Because you have power over it. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on our earth and under the earth. And so guys, in just a minute, I'm going to pray for us and we're going to have a prayer team available. Prayer people, still trying not to sneeze. Prayer people, if you could go um, and, and get in place right now so they see where you are. We've got some people along the back walls. We have a few up here at the front. Here's what I'll encourage you. If you are struggling with depression, I truly believe that God is going to break some chains from that today. The reason we're calling this series No Longer Slaves, and it goes until our last Sunday doing this, I think is Peak Out Sunday. And we're going to be talking about the chains of cancer. And I truly believe that God is going to heal people. We're going to talk about some different things from barrenness, inability to have children, uh, anxiety, chronic illness. We're going to talk about all these different things. But I truly believe that through this, God is going to heal and set people free. And so I want to encourage you today. If you're sitting there and saying, man, I, 
I've just got this dark cloud hanging over me and I don't know what to do with it. Find a prayer partner around here and pray with them. We are here to minister to you. Don't leave this place with that dark cloud hanging over your head. Leaving this place being set free. Laying those chains at the foot of the cross. So I want to encourage you. I know sometimes it's a little nerve-wracking to step out from where we are and ask for prayer. But I want you to know, no one here is judging you. No one here thinks less of you. In fact, the prayer team, we celebrate when you come to us because that's why we're here. We want to pray and speak life over you. So let me encourage you today. Don't leave this place with the chains of depression holding you down. And guys, I'm not limiting it to just depression. If you need some healing of anything today, I want God to break some chains in this house today. Amen.